0: hey it's chris the supply chain doctor and host of supply chain is boring bringing insight into the history of supply chain management and exposing you to some of the industry's thought leaders and driving forces in this interview we spoke with gene pledger an experienced supply chain professional with a diverse background to understand why he pursued the APEX CSCP certification and learn tips on how to prepare for and pass an APEX exam. It all sounds pretty boring, so let's see if Gene can prove me wrong. Gene, congratulations on recently passing the APEX ASCM CSCP exam and thanks for sharing your experiences with us. My goal from this discussion with you is, is that others can listen to this and either develop confidence in their in their ability to pass the exam they can possibly develop their own study plan or possibly both thank you for the
1: opportunity you know to share my story and um i'm gene pleasure i'm the supply chain director at dnf equipment sales in alabama and arkansas i just recently passed my cscp and i'm 58 years old
0: so gene let's let's start with your why you know i got a couple things you know and then maybe a little bit about your work history. So, one, why did you want to take the CSCP exam? And then, two, you know, how did you get to this point in your career? What's your what's your background?
1: Well, I, I had uh, two or three careers uh, before I got to the one that I'm on now that I've been in for 13 years. I started in, in this current position in procurement and purchasing. It became apparent to me that uh, without having a college degree, that I needed to enhance you know, my credentials and, and my value to our company, you know, by, by earning, you know, a designation, a professional designation. It, it was quite a journey, Chris, to figure out the right one because I started out with CPSM and uh, I realized that really didn't speak of what I was doing in, in the company that I worked for. And, and it was quite a bit of research before I found out about apex CSCP, I came to that on the fence from CPIM. I didn't know which one way to to approach it, but I, I landed on a CSCP, and it turned out to be perfect. It encompassed most of the things that I was doing, and, uh, and I was also working in a trying to incorporate lean and operational efficiencies within our our company because we needed, you know, work there. So that's how I came to CSCP because it encompassed all of everything I was trying to do.
0: And you had mentioned you have had two to three other careers before this part in supply chain management now. So you're not a career supply chain professional. Is that correct?
1: Oh, that's correct. Well, being my age, uh, supply chain, I don't think was around when I got out of high school in 1980. (laughs) <laughs> so, no, I was a, I was a professional musician for about 15 years and then became a graphic designer for 10 years, a freelance designer. And then I was a pre-press director at a commercial printing company and then ended up, you know, in purchasing. So, you know, so there's a lot of different things that and experiences that I have that, you know, have enabled that, that have worked their way toward CS, uh, CP, and where I am now. And, you know, it's been quite a journey. And I, I'm, a, I'm from this, you know, the, I have a PhD in hard knocks and learning.
0: PhD in hard knocks. That's good. So, Gene, I, I always tell people that supply chain has something to do with everybody or every industry, but I'm, you're pressing me now to, to say how supply chain impacts musicians or graphic designers. I'm not really sure how that applies. So you may have caught me there, Gene.
1: Well, we'll start with music. Uh, there's a huge uh, logistics operation when you're talking about moving equipment, staging, lighting, crews, uh, the trucks, uh, and depending on what level you are. I have friends that are, well, they play in big bands and tours and stuff. So, it, you know, supply chain would apply as much there as it would anywhere. You know, in now in printing, in custom printing, you know, that's a make-to-order workflow. So, and and if you have a, in the the printing company that I work for, we had a boundary, we had fulfillment, we had printing, we had digital. So, you know, the collaborative part of supply chain is really important. If everybody's not on the same page, um, it doesn't work right. That's, you can't have that. And in my current job, you know, we build conveyor systems for food processing, which is Project oriented, but yet still make to order. And each one of those, every single thing I believe that you do, that's a pretty broad statement, but I think it would be true, Chris, is supply chain is involved in it somehow, no matter what you do.
0: Yeah, when I'm talking to the, you know, the layman audience, Gene, I think I mentioned this to you before. I'll ask somebody, I'm in supply chain management. They, you know, I'll say, what do you do? They tell me. And they, they always say, what is supply chain management if they're not familiar with it? And I say, well, have you, have you ever bought anything at the store, you know, purchased it? And as soon as they say yes, then I say, well, you are a key part of the supply chain. So with the, if you wouldn't have made that purchase, my job wouldn't exist. That's what I tell people. <laughs> so, Gene, thank you for that, that background. So can you tell us just a, just a bit about, and I think the audience will care a lot about this, is, is kind of how you prepared to, to take the exam. And kind of any key steps you want to talk about there.
1: Well, Chris, thank you for asking that, and I'm really happy to be able to share this. It's it was a trial, a labor of love, and trial by fire to figure out how uh, to get through the, all this material and be able to pass an, you know, I, what I knew to be a pretty a rigorous exam. So. With that, um, basically, I come to understand that the coursework is multi-layered. Everybody has uh, different ways to learn. If you've been to college and you've been, you know, done a lot of education and you have your way, you know, what works for you. But with CSCP, I, I had to read the material that APEX gives you. I think they expect you to do that. So the, the chapter tests were really important and I didn't really worry too much about what I made. I just took them I went through the entire all three books, all three modules doing that. I actually started in January and then in August I took the class, the CSCP class with you and John Freeze at the University of Tennessee Chattanooga offers and that was a different level um, because there's no way in, I don't remember how many classes it is, Chris, but forty hours maybe. Uh, there is absolutely no way that you can cover all that material effectively, so as to just take a class like so, guys like you and and I'm working on to be to, to teach it and and pass the test. You cannot do that. That being said, it is though another layer um, that you must go through to get to a, a point to where when you get down to the last couple of months, you know, you've taken all the chapter quizzes, which are based on the exact language in the book, maybe not so much conceptually the right things, just make sure you read the material kind of. Then you have to take the section quizzes, and you take the pretest, and then you, you know, after you take all that, then you take the practice test, and I actually took, copied and pasted the missed questions into a word into word documents and logged what sections they were from so that I could aggregate as an aggregate put them together in a spreadsheet and figure out the concepts I found that I was missing the same concepts across different parts so that enabled me to focus on areas that I need that that were causing me the most trouble and causing me to miss the most questions. By doing that and answering questions and answering questions and get understanding the types of questions that they ask, how they ask them, you know, paying really close attention to the wording. After all that, you get toward the end. You can't go back to the chapter tests again. You you gotta look at it from an aggregate and you gotta make sure you understand. And you only Get to that by going through those different levels, doing the chapters, the sections. take the class, then finish it up with knowing where your weak points are. You know, you, you can see where you missed the question, but you do not need to just figure out, look at the answer. Oh, that's the right answer. You need to go back to the book and read that section where you have a lot of information and really try to redo that again. And that's it, you know, it's just there's no shortcuts, Chris. You you you've gotta do the work. It's important work that you're doing to pass this. And you know, if you go get a new position or your boss expects you to take on new new roles, you you gotta understand it and in order to do that you've gotta go through all those levels, I think.
0: So Jean, you said it's a lot of effort and I and I you know, I think it's kinda of like life. Nothing in life is worth it without the effort. But on your estimate, Gene, how much time do you think you invested between the class and the self-study and everything else?
1: That's hard to guess. There's a lot of not sitting, you know, on the couch, and also the app. There's an app you can get that shoots questions that you you do that every day. Question of the day, practice questions, because you know, being a thousand pages of material. And part, the first part of it is graduate-level material in, in its scope. You know, it, it's hard to, when by the time you get to the third module, to remember what you did in the first. So you you got to understand how to put all that together. I, I'm, I know I'm getting away from your question a little bit. It took me a year, and it, there was times that I didn't study as much, but then there was times I studied all the time, so I, I don't know how many hours. I just... I will relate it to what my wife, me and my wife, are having a conversation. And I said, well, if I can't pass the test, it'll be okay. I will have learned a lot from going through this process, and it'll be okay. And she gave me a a funny look, as everybody's wife gives them. She said, what are you talking about? What do you mean, if? Don't say if ever. Don't do that. You're going to pass the test. Know the stuff. Do the work and know it. And don't ever say that again. That completely changed my perspective, and I just dug in and I didn't look where I'd been. <laughs> just look forward.
0: Well, that's interesting, Gina, because I would I would tend to agree with both of you, although they were contradictory views. One that you're, your your right, wife is right, always remain positive, but two, you you know, you're spot on. Not a lot of people are good at taking exams, right? They get pressure, whatever it is. So I, obviously, if you to get the certification, cer- the certificate, you have to pass the exam. But I think just people putting in the effort, studying, they're going to learn as they go. You know, regardless of the end results. Now, you're you were unique in the cl- you had mentioned you you were in my class, and, and that's correct. You were you were actually in my my perspective. I could tell early on, Gene, that you were going to be successful. So, I'm glad you you helped uh, achieve my percentages. So, but you you know, I, I'm going to tell people just a couple of things that I saw you did as a student. You. You were very active in the class. You were, you were you were participative. It was an online class, which a lot of classes are the past year. But you were participative. You were you know you, you kind of went along with the conversation. You asked other students questions about themselves, and you were you'd answered questions that you know that the other other people would ask, and that I would ask. So that that's one thing I noticed right away. And something else that you did, which which from my experience is, is pretty unique, is you on occasion you would pre-read the materials. Uh, unless you were just fooling me, I, I kind of got the idea you were pre-reading. So is that a safe statement, or was I was I misleading my audience here?
1: Oh, uh, no, you're not misleading your audience at all. And, and again, you know, I said in my description earlier, you've got to read the material. You have to. So I, I was ahead of it all the way up through the second, toward the end of the second module, and you got ahead of me. But, yes, I was reading ahead. I mean, look. You've got to read the material, so why not, you know, read it in in front or during while you're taking the class? You'll get more out of the class, if you know, out of your the instructor's examples, you know, and tra- train of thought by doing that. You you so you're not processing new concepts as much as you are adding on to the concepts you already kind of have a an
0: idea of. So, Gene, were there any I know you're pretty fresh with the exam, and I don't want you to give them any, any exam questions. But what what do you think if somebody were to come and ask you, Gene, what's what's really relevant? What are some of the key concepts? Anything jump out at you that you might coach somebody if they called and said, "What should I really be focused on?" Anything come up?
1: I do not have specific guidance as to any style or particular mode of thinking. I mean, there you know, there's a, there are a lot of terms. You know that you have to be familiar with, but when you take the exam, the questions are not like any that you've looked at in the whole process of learning this material. It's actually um, it's a different level. There's there are different there are different levels of questions, and they're they're on the higher end when they're asking you when they're asking you these questions that there you're not gonna find any familiarity at all. I mean the concepts you will but but you're not gonna go, Oh, I remember that question. No. You're not gonna find that anywhere. They're very um thorough with that. Smart people write these tests and and they know exactly, you know, how to set them up. I'm looking for a there's a thing I have with a class and instructor class I'm working on, but there's knowledge and comprehension and application, analysis, synthesis, and evaluation. And and there are different levels. When you start, you're in the knowledge and comprehension layers, like I was talking about. And then as you go along, and then it's application and analysis. And by the time you get to the end and you're actually taking the exam, you know they're in the synthesis and evaluation. You got to understand what the information was and, and see how to, it applies and they challenged that
0: and you had mentioned earlier something that is very relevant it's all about the terms it's the key the terminology and it's kind of understanding what the definitions are what apex says the, the meanings of things are so I'm glad you said that
1: it's very important you know that was very 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 important
0: now you were also unique from your the company that you work for uh, it's more it's not a, a continuous flow process it's it's more of a engineer to order concept is that right more almost a job shop so I thought that was interesting you don't see a lot of those you don't see a lot of that often at least in some of the students I get so do you, you is that an accurate statement you're more of a, yeah, uh, I'm a, a, I'm a unique more of a, uh, like a manufacturing site
1: oh I absolutely agree with that now when when I went to work there you know I was told and it is true statement nobody, it was, it was unique. Our business is unique. Well, it is, you know, our jobs are projects, you know, where we're uh, doing a project at a particular um, uh, food processing company and project has a beginning and an end, right? But so you, the sales engineering part of all that is, happens on the project side, but once you hand it off, you know, then you have to actually manufacture the parts, and then you then you have subsidiary divisions and and departments that all have to work together to come together at the same time so you can build your equipment. It's make to order, Chris. It's it's so you're doing project management. You have make to order in regards to the equipment, but then you have a parts department that's stocking and make to stock, and you have a machine shop that has make to order and and make the stock as well, and, you know, you've got a really broad mix, so it's like a supply chain plethora of things, and and the fun part and the challenging part is figuring out what part is what and how to dissect that into a way that makes it all work together almost as a continual or continuous flow.
0: So, Gene, were you able to take what you were learning and and apply it to your daily job there, or was it too unique?
1: I've made progress. Now, you know, the, I appreciate you bringing that up. There are challenges, you know, with a company that has done business a certain way for a long time, and, and in, in particular like like ours. I've, we, I've made progress, but it ain't about me. It's about getting the entire team on board and, under, and to understand – a different way of thinking and that's the change management I've come to understand in that regard is the hardest part of all this. You know, the, the numbers, <laughs> the numbers are the easy part, you know, the looking at it and say, okay, well, we need to do this first and that and get rid of this inefficiency and streamline this down, make sure it's pulling, you know, whatever, but getting the team at a grassroots level to understand how important that is and, all the way through, you know, the entire management of the company, and to get on board, it takes everybody working together to achieve that. And that's still in process. And, you know, there's been strides made, and, you know, I'd like to think at some point that we could be successful in, you know, in fully achieving the goals. I think that we could.
0: Yeah, and getting to know you, Gene, I I realize you're you're a continuous learner. And you just, you you learn for the passion, but you also learn for sharing. So as I move into my my last question, what's, and you kind of alluded to it earlier in a statement. I don't know if you realize you said it, but so what's next for you, for Gene?
1: Well, uh, I am in CPIM now, and I'm enjoying that because it's a little more drilled down into the operations, uh, even though I covered, we covered from a more aggregate view in CSCP. But I'm taking CPIM, and, and I intend on getting that cert. And I'm I'm also uh, in working on being an instructor. I'm interested in being an, an Apex instructor. I don't really have a plan. I just you know I think to really know something, you got to be able to teach it. And and I think that I think that it being you know um, recognized Apex instructor would help me to give validity to my knowledge, you know, and to help me to better understand how to navigate change management and dealing with people. And I want to help. I want to, you know, there's a lot of people like me, I think, around that that they didn't get a college degree, but say, I want to be something. I want to, I want to be more, you know, just because you don't have a formal education don't mean you don't have the smarts for it. It's a little odd, I think, for me being at my age, but I don't like you said. I'm a continuous learner. One of the gentlemen in in my current class, in my LDI class, he's 71. He's a retired gentleman who who uh, was with Dupont for 40 years, who who just that's me. I want to be I want to be him. He's very inspiring, and and there's others that are. So I, I felt like as I age, too, that that would be a great way for me to, you know, to be able to just pass on. I think as we age, Chris, we've got to share. We've we got to – we, we have to share. It is our responsibility and duty to share what we know to help the young men and women that we encounter to set a good example for them. And that drives me probably as much as anything.
0: Yeah, I heard, heard one executive in, a, in an interview say – regarding the three phases of careers you you learn then you go into earning and then you go into returning kind of what you said now gene you dropped the 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 clue there but you're also unique in the fact that you're not only you you took the certification class you got the certification certificate and now you're taking your next steps to become an instructor so it's not like that's something you want to yeah you want to do it in the future but you started right away and 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 fourthly you're you're still taking another class so you're you're quite a unique individual. But so you mentioned the LDI class. What, what is that? Is that part of the the Apex instructor certification?
1: Yeah, it's um, if you're going to be an Apex recognized uh, instructor, you have to take the trainer trainer course. You have to do that, and there's some other there are other things you have to do to go along with it. If you're interested in it, you know there's ways to, you can get with Apex and and check that out. But uh, LDI is like the second uh, level. It's, it's learning dynamics for instructors, and um, you know it just teaches you about being a teacher and being an instructor. And there's a lot to know about that. You know, knowing about supply chain is one thing, but if you don't understand how other people learn, what what drives them? Like, for example, there's this uh, there's a VARK scenario where you're either visual or audible, or you know, there's certain ways that people learn and if you're an audible person then only about seven percent of the population read and write all their stuff and respond to that so if you just do it that way and you're an audible instructor then you're losing out on all the rest of the people it's knowledge like that that you learn in the instructor classes you know and how to do lesson plans and you know all this stuff it's been one of the most fun uh, things i have done yet it's really, really been
0: fun class. Well, Gene, I can tell you've got good retention capabilities. I mean, you're, throughout the interview, you've mentioned terms that we talked about in class. Now, whether you knew about them before or you learned about them in class, it's just neat that you're able to adapt them to your everyday lexicon and, and even some of the, like the VARK, which you're talking about. That's something, you know, some people have to think about it for years before they can even say it. And here you, here you are. I think you, I'm, I'm going to guess you probably just learned that three or four months ago, and now it's part of your daily life. So good for you. So, Gene, my last, uh, anything else you'd like to share? Um, I've got one more question for you, but it's an easy one. But anything else?
1: You know, I'll just say, its you know, it's been an awesome journey, and I I don't think I have ever been so excited as the day I took that exam and passed it, And uh, because for an old guy like me, that was a big deal in a lot of ways, and uh, so there's quite a sense of accomplishment when you do all that work and I, I've noticed a lot of folks on LinkedIn that are passing it and they talk about the same way about how much work it took in thanking, you know, the people that helped them in as I did with you and because y'all were, uh, John Freeze at, at University of Tennessee Chattanooga and you Chris, y'all were, you know, everybody plays a part in your your learning and it's been Apex, CSCP and CPIM, all that is really a, a family camaraderie thing that happens with that and
0: it's been great so my last question for you gene you said you were a musician i'm gonna i'm gonna tell people you're a, you're a drummer that's all right. And yes, that's right so if anybody really wanted to see how good you were could they go on the youtube and check you out i'm afraid they could and what would they they'd be looking for gene pledger something gene there's not a lot of gene pledgers on the youtube so that's my suggestion. If you listen to this, go down to YouTube. He needs the, he needs the, the views. And Gene Pledger, P-L-E-D-G-E-R. Check him out. So, Gene, again, thanks, thanks for what you've done for yourself. Professionally, thanks for being part of my class. It helps me as an instructor. And uh, thanks for sharing uh, to the audience.
1: Well, thank you, Chris, very, very much. I consider you a dear friend, and, and um, I appreciate all you, you did to help me
0: supply chain is boring as part of the supply chain now network the voice of supply chain interested in sponsoring this show or others to help you get your message out send a note to chris at supplychainnow.com we can also help with world-class supply chain education and certification workshops for you or your team thanks for listening and remember supply chain is boring